to what's waiting on us, and that's heaven. Yeah. And that's in verse 4 and 5. We've looked at uh, how God is holding us, and that's in verse 5, 6, and 7. Uh, we've already looked at how the Lord's coming, and that's in verse 7, 8, and then 7 and 8 and 9. And then we've looked at the fact of, uh, like I said last week, we looked at... Uh, what all we, that it's not as bad as you think it is yeah. because there's angels and prophets that would love to get in on what you got. Amen. And this week, if Lord will help me for a little while, I want to preach on this thought. Uh, I'll give you that thought in just a second, but I'll preach on this title here in just a second. But I'll give you the verses. Uh, verse number 13, the Bible says, Wherefore, gird up, your loins of, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end of... Uh, for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, uh, that's the why I want to focus in on that word work, to every man's work. Pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. If Lord, help me preach for a little while and preach on this thought on we'll work till Jesus comes. Yeah. We'll work till Jesus comes. We've seen the word work there in verse number 17, uh, but there in verse number, in verse number uh, 13, the Bible says at the end of that verse, it says the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's talking about the rapture. When Jesus is going to be revealed, and he's saying that me and you are going to be judged for our works. Uh, so I say until Jesus gets here, let's work until Jesus comes. Amen. And Lord, help me on preach on that thought, that thought. Father, I love you tonight. God, thank for God to be at the house of God. Father, Lord, we've set this place aside as a place of worship, as a place to magnify the Lord, a place to glorify God tonight. I pray, dear God, I, I know tonight may not be a, I got a, really, a, I don't know how to explain it, but it's a shouting message. Uh, but if we get a hold of it, I believe it'll help us down the road to live for the Savior. It'll help us, God, to get close to you and, and serve you and live for you. I pray it help us do that tonight. Give God, God, give us the power of the Holy Ghost. God, not for worldly gain and not for not for uh, man's applause, but just that somebody might get help out of the Bible. I pray in Jesus' name, Amen. But we'll work till Jesus comes. What a good song that is, too. By the way, Amen. We'll work till Jesus comes. I wrote down this first of all about we'll work till Jesus comes. I, I thought about verse twelve. We just got done looking at the fact that it's not as bad as you think it is because angels desire to look into what me and you have. Prophets have preached about it and never got to experience, but would love to have got to. So me and you've got something they'd love to have. But then he says this in verse 13, he used the word wherefore. And wherefore is just like therefore. You ought to look the verses ahead of what you just what you're reading now to figure out what happened before these verses. Because what it's saying is, because of this, you're to gird up your minds. Because of what I just got done saying, you're to gird up the loins of your mind. So I wrote down this, I thought about this, the purpose of, uh, of working till Jesus comes. The reason I want to work till Jesus comes, all he's done for me. Look at verse 12, unto whom it was revealed. 
that not unto themselves but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sitting down from heaven which things the angels desire to look into. And boy, I say all that to say this. Ain't you glad for the day you heard the gospel and got saved? Amen. Amen. That's why I want to serve him. That's why I want to work till Jesus comes because he saved my soul. Amen. That's why I want to work till Jesus comes. I got a purpose. I got a reason I want to. He died for me. He saved me. He forgave us. Amen. I wrote this down. We'll work till Jesus comes. There's got to be some preparation in working till Jesus comes. If you really want to work till Jesus comes, we got to make some preparations to do that. I read this. Bible said, wherefore? He said, because you've got a purpose. What your purpose is, is what God's done for you. How he saved you. He said, but here's what y'all, you got some things you got to prepare if you're going to work till Jesus comes. He said, wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Paul wrote this down about, about that. I wrote down the preparation. It says, gird up the loins of your mind. And what it means when it says that, see, that they wore robes in Bible days. And uh, I'm going to wear one Sunday. No, I'm just kidding. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Right? Maybe you don't want to see that. See me in no robe. Amen. I'm going to wear a robe on Sunday. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have, I don't believe I'm moving a robe. I just feel like I'd just be restricted in a robe. But anyway, I couldn't wear no robe. Some of you other men might be able to pull it off, but I wouldn't be good at it. Amen. And blacks might could do it, but I'm not just playing blacks. Amen. Uh, but them robes, they, they'd have them. And, they, and to be able to run, you've got to have them robes pulled up. And, uh, man, I, I got to look at what that gird up your loins means. But it means to reach back there in the back side of that hem of that, uh, of that robe and to pull it up to your belt loop and wrap your girdle, your belt around it to hold it up where a man could run. And, boy, I thought about this. What they're saying is this. That way you'll be ready for battle. You don't have to take time out to do anything. You're ready to go. But I tell you what I'll do tonight. We ought to prepare our mind. Can I, can I tell you something tonight? The battle of this fight for as a Christian is in the mind of every believer. Think about it. If you're going to get discouraged, it's going to happen in your mind. Your mind's going to say, see, it ain't worth it. But it is. Yeah, yeah. But your mind will say it ain't. And if your mind don't do that, then God bless you. But my mind does stuff like that. The battle is fought and won in the battlefield of mind. That's where it is. Listen, there's no, there's, there's no accident. The Bible said in Brother John that let not this mind, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. It talks about a humble mind. It talks about a surrendered mind. Boy, we did all that. Jesus was God Almighty, liable to be made. He made himself of no reputation, though he was revered and glorified in heaven. Well, our mind is a battlefield. You wonder where depression comes from? The mind. Anxiety? The mind. You want to know where worry comes from? The mind. You want to know where fear comes from? The mind. You want to know where the battlefield of the devil is? The mind. You don't want to doubt your salvation come from? It don't come from here. 
That heart don't doubt. That mind doubts. Because I intellectually think what? Did I pray the prayer right? Did I, did I do everything right since I've been saved? I can answer that for you. No. Hey. You haven't. I haven't either. Thank God it's my grace. Amen. Amen. My silent say this, uh, we, we, we really ought to gird out the loins of our mind. We ought to have a prepared mind tonight. Yeah. Listen, everything that goes on in your mind matters. Yeah. If you're continually listening to bad stuff, you're going to have bad thoughts. Yeah. Listen, if you're continually listening to worrisome things, you're going to be a worrying person. If you continue to listen to depressing stuff, you're going to be a depressed individual. If you continue to listen to discouraged things, you're going to be a discouraged person. But if you listen to joyous things, it'll give you joy. If you listen to happy things, it'll give you happiness. If you listen to things that bring contentment, it'll give you contentment. But if you fill your mind with the junk of this world, it'll come out in your life. Mine too, by the way. I ain't just preaching to you. I'm preaching to me too. But we got a mind that's where the battlefield is. Amen. God help us. It's, it's, I'll tell you, we're fighting a battle that nobody can see. That's the thing about church. I cannot see the battle goes on in your life. Because it ain't fought on the physical realm. It's fought in the mind. That's why I can't see it. You may come in the most discouraged person on earth, but I don't know because you've been fighting it in here and it ain't showing up outside. Bob is telling you that battlefield is the mind and the devil knows that. And if, you, if you're confused tonight about things, can I tell you something about doubt? Confusion's of the devil. Confusion's not of God. God convinces God don't confuse. Listen, when God goes to draw a man to get saved, He convinces them they're going to hell. He don't confuse them that they're not saved. He convinces them that they're lost. Amen. Amen. Hey, I'm telling you, that's truth. Amen. Because God deals with the heart. The devil deals with the mind. The devil loves to mess with the mind. The devil loves to. I got I wrote this down. Not only preparation, but we were to gird up our loins, gird, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober. And I, and I agree that we shouldn't. You know, people shouldn't drink alcohol. They shouldn't smoke marijuana. They shouldn't do drugs. But they ain't the only sober. This this is talking about sober means serious minded. There's a lot of people ain't got a serious mind about anything whatsoever. It's all a joke. Life's nothing but a big game. And if, if, if we just, if nothing happens for God, if God don't, we don't ever get to do anything for Jesus, who cares? Life is not a big game. Life is something to be taken seriously. Amen. Only one life will soon be passed. And only what's done for Christ is ever going to last. Everything's done for me is going to drop off and be nothing. Everything done for you is going to drop off and be nothing. But everything that's done for Jesus, brother Jimmy, will be remembered. He won't forget it. The purpose for we will work, we work to Jesus comes. We have a purpose to do it. We have preparation we've got to make. We have a promise that's been made. Listen to this, wherefore gird up your loins, the loins of your mind, be sober and hope to the end for the grace 
that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. What a good definition. Amen. Hope to the end. You say, well, listen, I'm about done being hopeful. I'm done holding hope for this, for this country. I'm done holding hope for America. I'm done holding hope for individuals. I'm done holding hope that revival will take place. Well, that Bible says me and you are to hope till the end. Amen. Me and you are to remain hopeful and believe God is able until the very last breath of our body or, to, or until the trumpet blows. And we go home. Let's be hopeful Christians. And if what we hope for don't happen, in a lot of stuff, not just not this stuff they're putting on news there, I'm talking about if what we hope for don't never happen, let it never be said that we didn't hope that it would. Or we gave up hope that it ever happened. I hope we always be, hope you always believe and have faith that God is still able and that God will still do it. Amen. You say, what if he don't? Then he may not. But I don't want to be for the sake I didn't have faith that he would. Listen to this. I wrote down about the promise. The Bible says the revelation of Jesus Christ. And then verse, what he's telling us in these verses is, he says he's, he's made us a promise that he is coming again. Yeah. Ain't you glad Jesus is one day going to come again? Well, I got to read in verse Peter. And if you'll read all the verses we've read already, they've all been about what God's been doing for us. Hey, listen, God gives us salvation by grace. God washes our sins away when we get saved. God gives us a home in heaven, and He did all that for us. But right here in these verses, God is doing nothing. We are doing something. That's called salvation is of the Lord. But after getting saved, sanctification is of the Christian. Jesus, the Bible says, draw an eye to God, He'll draw an eye to you. But that ain't talking about salvation. Because in salvation, you don't take the first step. He does. Amen. The Bible says, Bible tells us he, He comes to us. He came where we were. He came from heaven to earth to believe and die for sins. I didn't come to Him. He came to me. But ever since I got saved, he flipped sat the other way around. And now it was just my turn to come to him, to serve him, to take action as a Christian and live right. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, somebody said, boy, my Christianity just ain't what it ought to be. It's because you're not doing what you should be. Or I'm not doing what I should be. It's not God's fault. Because Christianity, and listen, salvation's of the Lord. He does all of that. He gives us heaven, saves us from hell, washes us from sin. But our Christian life is up to us. That's the truth. It's up to us tonight. Bob wrote down this. He said, what's the promise of the rapture got to do with, with living right? Well, think about this. Just to give you an illustration. When me and Malia was getting ready to get married, we had one day in mind. And during that time, there wasn't hardly nothing else we thought of but that one day. Y'all remember when you was getting ready to get married? You play, I mean, everything, you, you, every, every day was spent looking to that day. Every day you lived, you thought about the day that was coming. You say, well, that ain't true. Well, think about this then. Did you go buy any rings? To get ready for that day. 
Did you make any plans to get ready for that day? How many days did you make plans? Many of them, right? For get ready for it. One day when you'd marry the one that you love. That boy wrote down this. Not only that, but you... You get you, you get a house. You get you try to find a place to live because when you get married, you got to find somewhere to live. So you look forward to that day, getting ready for that day in every way possible. I'll never forget me and Malia was getting ready to get married. We was wanting to get married, and, and and I moved out of my moved out from my mom and my stepdad, and I loved them to death, and and and, and it wasn't cause to see they wrong, but just I, I just wanted to be on my own and get the house ready for my wife. So we went and got that single wide trailer and, and, and re-floored it, put carpet down, fixed stuff need to be fixed, painted stuff need to be painted. Our bathroom, when you got in it, Malia team had to paint half of us, paint part, paint a big amount of it. It looked like old time camo is what it looked like. Old time and brown and orange and white camo. It looked like it was camouflage in that color or something. It's weird. But I lived in that trailer on the couch, but had no bed. And Malia lived with her parents. But I got in that, I got in that house to try to get it ready for my wife. Yeah. Every time I had a chance, I wanted to try to get it ready. I was looking to that day when me and her would be husband and wife and living at home. But I think about that. I thought about the wedding plan, and you think about the fact that you you got to have somebody to feed them when they when all they come over to have the wedding. Somebody's got to make the cake. Somebody has got to fix the woman's hair. And uh, boy, she was late that day when they had fixed her hair. And brother Jonathan Barker told me said uh, maybe she ain't coming. He went to laughing. I said, I said, I said, I said, you just need to shut up, amen. I was irritated at the moment. I said, you just need to shut up, amen. I said, I don't want to hear that mess. He's trying his best to make me nervous. He's doing a good job, too. <laughs> I was nervous as a long-tailed cat in a roof or a rocket chair. I was already nervous about getting married. Not that I didn't want to, but just nervous because it's a big deal. Yes, sir, amen. <laughs> and then I got, then we got there. He, he's sitting here making me more nervous. Lord, help, amen. Uh, but she's getting her hair done, and, and, and finally, finally showed up. She'll kill me later, but she finally Got there, amen. And she's all dolled up. And can I tell you something about a wedding? Let me take time out and say this. About the wedding. A wedding, all eyes is not on the man. Couldn't care less if he had his hair every which way. Nobody's looking at him anyway. I've always said it don't really matter what the man wear. He can wear blue jeans and a t-shirt. They ain't going to notice no way. They, they ain't paying him no attention in the hell. Wear black pants and a white shirt with a pretend tie on. I mean, ain't nobody going to know. They ain't looking at you no way. They look at that bride coming down that aisle. But can I take time out and say this? That's down here's wedding. But up there's wedding. It won't be that way. Because me and you are the bride of Christ. All eyes will not be on the bride come wedding day. All eyes will be on the bridegroom. On the husband. On the Lord Jesus. Amen. Ain't you glad? That's going to be a good day. Amen. I say all that to say this. Just as me and Malia and all of y'all that's been married. Looked for that day. And made plans every day up until that day that you never made before that, you realized you had a date coming. 
Now we got a date coming. We, got a, we don't know when that date is. I can't tell you the date. I can't tell you the month or year. I can't tell you the day or hour. I was going to say I can tell you. I can't tell you the day or hour, but I can tell you month and year. But you, you can't do that either. Amen. I can't tell you none of it. Nowhere even near it. Yeah. I can tell you the signs of time. Sure, make it seem like he's coming. Yeah, but I don't know when he's going to come. He may wait for years down the road to come. But that don't change the fact that me and you need to live today in light of the fact that He's coming and He could come now. He may come later. We need to live in the fact that He's coming. If a child is at home playing, playing something or playing around the house and Boy, they're jumping on the couch. They bouncing on the chairs, and they bouncing on the bouncing on the mattress. But you let them know the mama's coming back or daddy's coming back at two o'clock in the evening. Bouncing on the chairs is going to stop. Getting off the couch in the bed's going to stop. Two o'clock, they're going to look like world class youngins, best ones there ever was. Cause they don't want my more day to wear them out. Amen. But right now, that's the guy we ought to be. Yeah. We ought to be world class owners. Yeah. Looking forward to our Father yeah. coming back. Yeah. Amen. Our yeah. Jesus coming back. Our big brother coming to get us. Amen. Yeah. But listen, every day spent ought to be a day living in the in the light of eternity that Jesus is coming. Yeah. Let me give you this. I, I, I'm about to be done here in a moment. Listen to this. Not only the promise of it, of the rapture, it's the reason I'm going to work till Jesus comes. I'm going to work till He comes because, man, I, I realize there's a day coming when He's coming to get me. So I'm going to work till He gets here. I'm going to serve till He gets here. I'm going to win people to Jesus till He gets here. I'm going to pray till He gets here. I'm going to preach till He gets here. If you're a Sunday school teacher, teach till He gets here. If you run a bus, run a bus till He gets here. Hey, do something for God till He gets here. Hey. He said, I'm ready to quit. Now, now is not the time to quit. Yeah. Now the time to crank out and go further. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Listen, if you's ever going to crank it up, crank it up now. If you's ever going to give it all you have, give it all you have now. If you's ever going to do all listen, you can't promise me you got tomorrow and you can't go back and change yesterday. But I got right now. I got this moment. Let's give it all this moment. Let's give it all we got. Every day we have, live in the light of Jesus coming. Yeah. Let me tell you this, not only promise the path. Look at verse 10, 14, it tells us the path, me and you ought to be going in. As obedient children, not fastening yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. He said this, he's saying these verses. Don't go back to what you used to be. Don't go back to living like you used to live. And, boy, and the way you used to live was self-controlled. Yeah. But a lot of Christians who get saved and they become, all of a sudden, they become spirit controlled. But then somewhere along the line, they, they feel like, boy, I know the Lord can do it. I know the Spirit of God can help me. But I think I may just need to take hold of the reins of my life and begin to control me again. You didn't do a good job last time. What makes you think you do a good job this time? You won't. I need the Holy Ghost to control John Pittman. I don't need me to. I did a terrible job doing it the first time. Why in the world would I need him, need to do it now? I need him to control me. Listen to this. 
He said that our path is to not go back to where you used to be. Our purity, verse 15, but as he which hath called you is holy. I mean, I, I take time out and say this. Ain't it good for the purity of the one who called us? Yeah. Jesus Christ is holy, yeah. but he called sinners to repentance. Amen. Ain't you glad that the ones who's holy love sin, sinners and sinful people and called them to salvation? Amen. But not only calling, but you see a conversation going on in his purity. Verse 15. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manners, all manner of conversation. But I thought about this, and you get saved, you are holy in the sight of Almighty God. He sees no sin. He forgives all sin. He forgets all sin. But at the same time, down here on this earth, on where we're at now, He expects me and you to have practical holiness. Listen, we got positional holiness with Jesus. I've been positionally made holy. In the sight of God, I am holy. I am undefiled. I am clean in the sight of the Father. But listen, at the same time, God expects me to be practically Every day, striving for holiness. Well, I ask you this evening, are you striving for holiness? Are we really pushing and trying to be as holy as we can be? Are we being holy? Holy is almost a, almost a word that people act like you're super spiritual if you try to be holy. I've heard people say all my life, you're trying to be super spiritual. You, I'm just really just trying to be spiritual. I don't know about the yeah. super part, but I'm trying to be spiritual. Yeah. And I don't want to be carnal. Yeah, carnal mind is enmity against God. So I don't want to be carnal. I want to be spiritual. I don't know what people mean when they say you're trying to be spiritual. Yes, you're right. I sure am. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. So we're all supposed to be spiritual. Yeah. Ain't supposed to be led by the flesh. He's going to be led by the world or the devil. So he's going to be led by the Spirit of God. Amen. Listen to this, the conversation. If you look at the word conversation, it deals with your conduct. It deals with your character. It deals with everything you do in everyday life. Are we holy in everything we do in everyday life? Is our, conversation, is our words holy? The Bible says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. That boy, he's telling us, he's telling me and you, let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in the sight of God. Amen. I wonder if everything comes out your mouth and everything comes out your heart is acceptable in the sight of God. Let me turn that around on myself. I wonder if everything comes out of my heart, everything comes out of my mouth is holy. And accept them on the side of God. I hope it is, but I know it's not. Yeah, man. We'd all have to admit it's not, but that don't give me any excuse not to try. Yeah, man. I got a license in my pocket, but that don't, that don't mean I got a license to go flip a car. Listen, I got a license, but that don't mean I got a license to go do donuts in the middle of the highway. I got, I got guidelines to live in. I mean, I'm saved. I mean, I got that license whether I do that stuff or not. They can take it. But listen, but salvation is a little different or is a lot different. Amen. God won't take it. You can mess up. You can ruin it. Hey, but listen, that license, it doesn't give you a license to go sin. Hey, you can ruin your life by doing that. 
You can get in misery by doing that. You can have judgment brought in your life. You can be like David did, and the sword never leave your home by getting in sin. I can't tell you how many people I know that allowed bitterness, hatred, sin, anger, malice, gossip to ruin their home. Ruin it. I don't want that for anybody, Victory. I just I don't want that for anybody, any church or any place or anybody in the whole world. I don't want that for anybody. But I guarantee you it's going to happen. People are going to be ruined by sin. Their life's going to be wrecked by sin. Listen to this. Not only the conversation, men, you need to have a holy conversation. We need to be living right in every area of our character. Not only that, we see a commandment. You say, well, you, you ain't got to be holy. You really ain't got to try to do that. Well, the next verse clears all that up. Verse 16, because it is written, be ye holy. So I can't no suggestion to it. Amen. Sounds like you ain't saying please. Amen. Sounds like he said, be ye holy. You be holy. Period. For I am holy. You know what? Somebody can't ask you to be holy they ain't holy themselves. That's like a parent trying to say, do as I say, do as I, as I say not as I do. No, a kid's going to do everything you do every time you do it. You say, don't you get mad like that. You listen to me. Then you're going to get mad like that later. They'll get mad just like you did. So how hey, you know that? Because sometimes I've done that. Listen, I, I, if I expect my kids to live for Jesus, I better live for Jesus. If I expect my kids to read the Bible, I better read the Bible. If I expect my kids to pray, I better pray. And boy, look, the Lord is the epitome of all that. He is holy. So therefore, He can ask me to be holy. Because he's exactly what holiness is. Yeah. Listen to this prayer. I'll work till Jesus comes and I'm going to pray. I'll tell you how you'll keep on working till Jesus comes by praying. Yeah. I'll tell you how you'll keep doing it praying. You say, how are we going to make it in 2020? How are we going to make it next four years? I'll tell you how. Praying. Yeah. Praying. Praying. Amen. That's how we're going to make it. By prayer. Prayer's always got done. Prayer will always get it done. Yeah. Listen to this. Bible said. And if you call on the Father, that just sounds good to me. <laughs> that's a pretty good thing to stop and do. Call on the Father. <laughs> hey, Brother Jimmy, that's a pretty good thing to stop and just go ahead. Call on the Father. Amen. Hey, you having a bad day? Let me tell you what to do. Stop. Hey, stop everything and call on the Father. Amen. I'll never forget we went to a girl's home. It's popped my mind, so I'm going to go ahead and say it. We went to a girl's home down in, in Florida. And me and Malia and all of us playing softball. And me and Malia was knocking home runs. I mean, she was, I mean, knocking home runs every which way. Amen. She does not pick that, right? But she, 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 she done good though. She's still at the ball. She's done a great job. Uh, we had a good time. We played softball with them girls. But they had a bad attitude that day. And Malia will remember this. Because they looked at me like I lost my ever-loving mind. I said, hey, let's call on the Father. I didn't say it that way. I said, hey, everybody's got a terrible attitude. I said, let's pray. Yeah. And they looked at me like, are you crazy? <laughs> what? Uh, what? Pray? Are 
us a good attitude. Amen. We have to have a whole lot better game after that. Amen. Yeah. Well, nobody fussing no more. We've done good. Amen. But I just get sick and tired of hearing fussing. That's right about it. Yeah. Amen. That's what we live like kids. We act like kids. But I'll tell you what, but there's times in my life and your life, me and you have to admit we ain't doing right. We ain't doing everything we ought to be doing right. And we ought to say, God, I'm going to call on the Father. I just need to take time out. I need to pray about this. Boy, it's been times. Hadn't been too long ago. I had to stop right in the middle, Brother Jimmy, of working on my dishwasher. Now, maybe y'all real spiritual working on y'all's dishwasher. But I want to shoot mine. With a doorbell shotgun, praise God, and blow it, blow it plumb out the house. I was ready to kill that thing. Amen. And I don't know who in the world makes furniture that you got to screw all the pieces together. But they need to, they need to just go on back to where they come from, out of this country, and just not make no more of that mess. Somebody say, Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Are them little toys that you that you can't hardly put together? Why in the world people want to torture parents like that? I ain't never got it. But I, I always was nice to people. I thought, but they didn't like me, I don't reckon. <laughs> I'm telling you, I say all that and say this. Hey, sometimes I'm in pure out irritated and I had to take time out and pray. Yeah. Yeah. You ask my kids if I ain't got irritated and stop and pray. Yeah. That's why they had to got irritated driving and everything else and said, we just got to pray. <laughs> and you say, you spiritual? You say, no, no, sometimes I'm just about pure out irritated about even having to stop and pray about it. Because I know I'm carnal. <laughs> you say, I'm holy. Well, I'm not. <laughs> I say, boy, guys, we've got to stop and pray about this thing. Can I tell you one thing, boy? I love my children. There's times I've had to ask them to forgive me. For having a bad attitude. Ain't that right, kids? They'll admit that to you. They know I have. And the reason is, times I've had a bad attitude. Shouldn't have. There's times I've had a bad attitude. Haven't had the spirit I ought to have. Times I had to apologize to my wife. She's holy. She's never had to apologize to me. She hasn't had to apologize to her. No, it's went both ways. But I'll tell you this. I say all that to say this. Hey, sometimes we don't live right. It's going to hurt our family. And they see it. That's not his. You're hiding it from them. She might as well go ahead and say it. Hey, I was wrong about that. Forgive me. I'm sorry. I tell you, forget, that's a, get, saying I'm sorry is a, not a bad word. That's a good thing to say when you ain't doing right. Listen, I'm trying to move on. Prayer. Prayer. We need prayer. Listen to this, I'm done. Verse 17. Believe if you come up in, I'm done. I'm just going to read this thought. He said, And if you call on the Father who, without respect to persons, judgeth according to every man's work, past the time of your sojourning here in fear. I wrote down, there's a passing. I tell you how we're supposed to pass our time in reverence and honor and fear of the Lord. Yeah. Listen, the fear of God is not a bad thing, it's a good thing. Yeah. I respect God. I respect him. In fact, there's a reward to it. The Bible said the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So if you want knowledge, fear the Lord. He'll start giving you knowledge. Fear the Lord's beginning of wisdom. He'll give you wisdom if you have if you have fear and reverence for him. But not only that, the Bible says the angels encamp around about them that fear him. 
If you want to be surrounded by protecting angels, just fear Him. That's what the Bible says. I always believe the Bible. There's a, there's a reward to fearing God. There's a protected hand to those who respect and honor and fear the Lord. So how do we know if we fear Him? If we obey His commandments. That ain't how you get saved, but it's how you live like a Christian, not just those commandments. But really, it goes down to this. If you'll follow the Holy Ghost, and I'll follow the Holy Ghost, then we won't have to worry about trying to keep the commandments. You will keep the commandments if me and you will let the Holy Ghost have His way. If you stand on your feet, eyes closed, head bowed, that's what God said to preach tonight. This is the verses we're at tonight. Jesus is coming. How is He going to find me and you? Hope He finds us work until He comes. Hope when I leave this world in death, if that's how I leave or if I leave in the rapture, I want to leave this world working until either I die or Jesus comes. God spoke to your hearts. Come on tonight.